This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating, fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. Well, you may be asking, who the fuck are you? And that is an excellent question. I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent, that's A-S-N-T, Enclose me in your gentle rain, deep and wide. The time to hesitate is through. Can you picture what will be? Realms of bliss, realms of light. Speak in secret alphabets, no tears, no fears. Love me twice today. Tear your web away, free from disguise. Delicate. Parked beside the ocean, moon is lying still. Can't you see that I'm not afraid? Waiting for the sun? Morning found us calmly unaware. Sun is shining deep beneath the sea. Gonna bury all your troubles in the sand. Bring me to your sunlight. It's the way now. No more troubles. No more fears. Gently they stir. Gently rise. Don't move too fast. The future is uncertain and the end is always near. No. Whoa. I'm telling you. The fans of Jim Morrison would flat out believe that he wrote that. That was such, like I said, that was extreme poetry. And using those beautiful deep lines, oh my goodness, that was uh, that was just divine. You know, a big Doors fan, so uh, yes. that was uh, that was beautiful and intense. Uh, yeah. You used a lot of lines, and I, I just wanted to clear something up in case you listened to the last show and you heard us in an exchange that contained this passage. Where I do lines, so lines. I gotta start doing lines. That's gotta be pretty interesting in its own way. It's very weird. But I mean, it's weird. Okay, folks, we want you to know this talk about doing lines. This is not a cocaine reference, okay? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like she's saying, you know what? How I do the show, I do lines of cocaine first. That's right, I do. And I'm going, hey, maybe I should start maybe to do you that. It's like, yeah, it's weird. That's not what that was about. We're talking no. about lines from songs versus titles of songs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Good catch. So, Good yeah, catch. I'm glad just, we clarified just, that. Yeah, I didn't mind. There That's might be somebody weird. out there. You That's know. getting weird. But, um, you know, uh, and I, I have that down here in my, uh, my escape mental patient notes. And honestly, they're actually they're quite useful because I think they afford a certain. Uh, uh, level of protection, mm. uh, sort of a low-level encryption, actually, against <laughs> that is uh, a good point. You know, against artistic espionage. In case anyone would wish to copy what we do here for whatever reason, right. <laughs> I don't know I what mean. they would be thinking. I mean, this is some Renfield shit here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, uh, so uh, I guess it's time when I introduce myself. Well, okay, yes, I'm, uh, who are you, Professor Pizub, international rock and radio legend? You know that, but. Though it is not nearly as widely known, I am an accredited suggestionist. My field of expertise involves influencing a part of the brain known as the gut lobe, which plays a key role in the individual's ability to discriminate as to the quality and artistic merit of certain forms of entertainment, most notably music, movies, and radio programs. Sufferers not only are incapable of distinguishing between the laudable and the abominable, but by a perverse twist of fate, they're more likely to describe the most uninspired horseshit in glowing terms like lit as fuck. Now, a widespread genetic mutation in the early 2000s shriveled up almost to nothing the gotten him a lobe in the better part of an entire generation, which researchers believe accounts for the popularity of acts like Drake and Post Malone. Even in those who have escaped this mutation, the function of this lobe can be safely and temporarily when it is advantageous to do so, controlled by guided meditations such as this, 
which coagulate the blood flow to the region, causing total paralysis of judgment and a state of euphoric stupefaction for approximately 110 minutes. Thus, your perception of the show tonight will be that it is the most original and wildly entertaining experience of your life. As an additional refinement, I have blended in a post-hypnotic trigger that will induce a similar state every time you hear either one of the themes of our shows, the result of which will be hours of rapturous joy every month guaranteed. You are very welcome. The effect will commence with your next hearing of the next episode, again from the theme. As for tonight, Birds of a Feather is the best show. Maybe the greatest show of all time. We'll see. All other shows are total disasters. Christina and David are the loveliest, wittiest people in existence. You long to be with them as often as possible. You will begin loving this particular show when you hear the words, Bird Banter, Part 1. And that brings us to Bird Banter Part 1. Uh, hopefully uh, that uh, took. Uh, so, what is Bird Banter Part 1 about? We shall see. Please don't rebuke me for being so unimaginative. I mean, I'm such a bandwagon jumper. I mean, everybody's doing guided meditations to induce a state of euphoric stupefaction. I mean, uh, that's old hat by now, and I'm, I'm late to the party, so Been sorry. Been there, done that? Yeah, everybody's done it by now. All the other shows are doing that. So. And it's the best thing to do. You agree? I agree? It, it, well, I'm waiting to see if it works. Oh, it works. I mean, it's going to work. It was that was beautiful. I mean, you almost had me convinced. There you go. So, oh, you did say Bird Banter Part One, so I'm already convinced. There Sorry. you go. Right. We're, we're, we're both. It worked on both of show. us. It totally worked on both of us. Well, but wait a minute. There's something wrong here. Oh no, you did that introduction. Now I have to do Bird Banter Part One. Okay. Well, in that case, just a reminder of some feather ruffling stuff that was announced on our last show. Now, if you missed that show, we were taking this opportunity to, you know kind of publicly shame you. I mean, you know, it's kind of shame. embarrassing. Anyway, we announced the birth of What the Flock Radio, and uh, What the Flock is home to a single show that is Birds of a Feather and the Offshoot. It's like Mini-Me Show, winging it. Uh, that's it. Just the Boyds. That's all that's on What the Flock Radio. And we're delighted to share that you can find all of our Birds of a Feather and Winging It episodes and more than you ever needed or wanted to know at www.bofonair.podbean. Like it sounds, that's one word, podbean.com. Don't forget to subscribe. So uh, What the Flock Radio is the new nest of your birds. And also another little follow-up from Last Time of Sense, 15-track album titled Bleed Like Us, Evolution of Sorrow, dropped on Friday. And this was like a couple weeks ago now, so by now, hopefully you've heard it already. But uh, we were talking about the imminence of it last time, and now it is it is upon us. All right, March 26th, that drop uh, on more than a dozen platforms, including iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Napster, Deezer, YouTube Music, and uh, more. And uh, this is a project in four years in the making for Ascent. They dropped their EP, uh, Bleed Like Us, uh, Without the Evolution of Sorrow Part, in 2019, and worked over the next year to finish their album. And a great many of these songs are relatively new, like in the last year or so. And some go back years, as you said. So it's a rocker, but with two sweet, soft, and longing piano songs. You knew it was going to be there because they're just that kind of just that kind of uh, gang. Listen or buy and share. Physical media and new merch is also forthcoming. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's dinosaurs out there who <laughs> like a scent. Okay, we like our physical media. I'm getting me some. I'll tell you that. All right, and you can find that at www.asnt.rocks. Ascent, A-S-N-T dot rocks. Now, 
the uh, tables are turning, and uh, it's your turn to cry, as the song says, because it's Bird Banter Part 2. And, oh, there's a surprise here, is there? Christina, tell us. There is quite a surprise. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. <sighs> All right. So, Bird Banter Part 2. What the hell are we going to be talking about? Well, I said it was going to be a surprise, and I was going to provide a playlist, but I thought that would give it away. So I thought that what I would do is we would do one of those things that we do, David, where I say something, I give a little, uh, you know, kind of introduction, and then we do the, we go away, and then we come back and we talk about what you think. Oh, a playlist, like, yes. like the other playlist, which exactly. was which you dredged heaven and earth to find a, a dozen or so decent songs. <laughs> yes. Not easy, you know. <laughs> it was not yeah. easy. So what we're going to be talking about today are the best covers of Bob Dylan songs. Oh, nice. The best covers. So his catalog is obviously so extensive, it's almost an intimidating challenge to just sift through it. Trying to cover any of it is a whole other prospect. Many have tried. Some have done a good job, some have done a very poor job, and some just stand out. Whether or not they're better, we're not talking about I'll do it better than he moved. We're just talking about the mm-hmm. best covers. So, uh, thank you very much, by the way, to yardbarker.com for this really crazy good list. And the first one is not going to surprise you at all, but I wanted not to share. Not at all, not <laughs> one little bit. <laughs> Blowing in the wind. Peter, Paul, and Mary, 1963. Wow. I wouldn't have thought that was the top one, but I know there's one that will be there. Uh, blown away. See, I grew up with Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yes. I like that stuff. And uh, that, it's just like their version of Leaving on a Jet Plane is more well-known than, than John Denver's, probably. They were an interpreter of people's songs that they really, they immortalized them. Um, so, yes. yeah, I, I'm very familiar with that one. It's a fantastic cover. And Isn't it? I... Kind of like it better than his, really. I kind of almost I do, do. Too. I mean, as much as I love the man, there are quite a few people who have done his songs more justice. Of course, he gets credit for writing them, but uh, yeah, yeah. And this is one of those cases. I love Peter Paul and Mary's version of that. Absolutely. This one reached number two on the Billboard chart with its rendition. It's one of the greatest protest songs of all time, obviously, and one of the most recognizable covers of a Bob Dylan tune. Of course, you know another one that's going to be coming up. Yes. By the way, anybody out there who doesn't play, you get a guitar, you learn three chords, you can play that song. You sure that's can. All you'll ever, that's all you'll ever need. <laughs> exactly. Well, so Peter, Paul, and Mary are definitely at the top of the list. And I thought I'd start at the top and kind of go down, because Peter, Paul, and Mary is probably one of the the most recognizable but what about farewell angelina done by joan baez let's take a quick listen all right david farewell angelina by joan baez well if it, it's not a choice thing it's it's a superb cover it was so beautiful and so moving his version i see a lot of people totally recognize the the genius of his uh, talent and his songwriting but For they don't sure. like his voice i love to hear him sing and i thought he did beautifully with that but it's apples and oranges i mean she was so her voice is, is gold so uh i couldn't pick between them but it's a hell of a cover as good as it could possibly be covered honestly well she is certainly known for her quality cover she's yeah. just amazing yeah. in that voice she offers her own folk feel to the song of course and it also showcased a hint of pop for her uh which you know allowed her enjoy, to enjoy more uh mainstream success you know which is great um and her version is significantly shorter than bob dylan's which i uh i get as well so i really really enjoyed 
the Joan Baez version, not only her voice, but her take on it. Uh, I definitely don't like his voice. I like the soul he sings with, but I don't like the voice he sings with. And his lyrics and his songwriting are just incredible. I, as I mentioned before, I just think he should have other people sing his songs. And they often do, as we're yes. seeing. And I, I, I think they do it better than Emu most of the time. But I have to yeah, like his voice. So. Often they do. Yeah. So the next one is one that I think we should probably do. It Ain't Me, Babe, Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash, 1965. Oh, yeah, yeah. The mutual respect between Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash was quite special. Dylan's version originally came out in 1964 on his release, Another Side of Bob Dylan. One year later, Cash and June Carter put out their rendition on his Orange Blossom special record. The song was another hit for Cash, showing the musical chemistry he had with his future wife. Uh, I actually have that record, believe it or not. I do. I believe uh, it. Yeah, it's uh, those two. Well, they worked together. They wrote songs together. A few of them wanted man, you know. And uh, these are the two. Them and Chuck Berry, as great as he is, though he, he sort of belongs in that group. But uh, Dylan and Cash, my goodness. When it comes to song, these are just the most incredible songwriters, uh, American songwriters ever. And uh, I don't wonder that they worked together, covered each other. And uh, had that level of admiration for each other. They were they were magic, and both of them had unusual voices, uh, certainly, and uh, very you know just incredible, powerful writing. So yeah, not surprised by that at all. That's um, I would have to give the nod, maybe in that case, to the to the Cashes and Carters. Yep, yep. I the like Carter that Cashes. they made it a duet. Yeah, and there's yeah. something magical about oh, they're so the good play together. off each other, and and you know. It's not, again, like you said, the Cash and Carter combination. It's not like you go, oh, gosh, they're the best singers, but there's just this oh, something about goodness. them. As we as uh, we uh, evidenced in our cover of Jackson, you know, yes. as uh, we uh, made it clear our regard for the uh, Cash and Carter uh, duet. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's one of them. Another one is, this is not going to be Another a Joan shocker. Baez? No. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tambourine Man by The Birds, 1965. Oh, yeah. No shocker there at all. Not at all. When people think of Mr. Tambourine Man, that's the first thing that comes to mind. There's no question about it. None. The Birds version. So it was released weeks after Dylan's original and and longer. So here's the interesting thing is you notice that there's kind of a, there's a, a twofer in there. So... So Johnny Cash and June Carter right away, and so this one right away. And that tells me a lot. That tells me that that song moves them so much and inspires them so much that they want to pay homage and and kind of do something, you know, kind of in his honor. And I just really think that's beautiful. Uh, Mr. Tambourine Man might be the song the birds are best known for, and I agree. That's what I know them for. That and Turn, 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 yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe Eight Miles High, Uh, their rendition went to number one on the Billboard chart and gained the band international popularity, which is what people seem to do with Bob Dylan songs. Once Don't they, they though? Take it and make it their own because there's just, there's a, you know, he has the folk angle, right? And he's got the, the soul angle and, and you know, the, the kind of gut-wrenching, you know, he lived it or he see, saw people who lived it. These people take it and they make it their own and they add the pop and they add the accessibility that folk doesn't have for everyone. While you think, oh, folk is pretty, you know, it's down to earth. Some people don't connect with folk. I do. I happen to. I always have. So I think it's great that his songs uh, have new life breathed into them by these these doing these covers and people who don't know Bob Dylan are now getting to know him through these covers. Many people have done them, and sorry, they have probably Bob Dylan is more uh, bested and emued than any uh, songwriter, really, because people just do magic with his works because he, it, they're just open for that. They're open to that kind of treatment. So what's next? 
Well, I wanted to finish up with Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the group's version offered a more pop sound, which is what I was saying. It's more accessible. And it was made for radio. And it remains a classic song as done by them. Not that it's not classic with Dylan, but it's a classic because of the spin they put on it and how accessible it made it again. So you're going to hear a lot of accessibility happening because, again, you take a folk tune and you make it into something that's poppy. Then you're really going to have an impact. So this was, it defined the music and the attitude of the 1960s, and I really do think that it did, and the birds just knocked it out. In the jingle jangle morning. I mean, they did, absolutely. And those incredible birds harmonies and that jangling guitar, that jangling 12-string guitar, which, believe it or not, they learned that from the Beatles. I always thought that the birds pioneered that whole thing. Uh, They actually learned that from the Beatles. And, of course, uh, Roger McGuinn was uh, friends with Dylan. He he mentions him in a song. So, yeah, uh, that is the definitive... Bob Dylan can't touch it. The one solo vocal he does versus their incredible harmonies? No, forget it. Uh, so the next one is No Surprise. Yeah, here it All comes. along the Watchtower, oh, Jimi Hendrix. Course. I don't mean to, I mean to be snide about it. It's, it's, a good, it's a great version. It is. Yeah. This is an emu version for me. Absolutely. Critics and hardcore Dylan fans often regard Hendrix's version of this rock classic as arguably the best cover of any track in the Folk Legends catalog. So All Along the Watchtower is widely regarded as some of his and the band's best work. So it's certainly another exceptional guitar performance for the legendary entertainer and it he does it much better than Emu. There is just there's no there's just no chance that Bob Dylan's version is better. It's it's maybe more pithy, it may be more heart forward, it may be more soulful, but man, what he did to it. I just yeah. This this is a classic example of uh, mass hypnosis or something. No, no, I'm kidding. No, actually, it's a, it's an excellent version. It is, and in many ways, it is better than Dylan's. But I think the, there's a version that isn't commonly known or released. I, I saw it on a video once, or I heard it on the radio or something, but I don't know where you can get it. A live version by Dylan, I think it was Rolling Thunder Review, a that actually rocked harder than Hendrix's version, and it was it was just perfect. It was the perfect expression of the song. Apart from that, yeah, I do like the Hendrix version. I'm not I'm kidding. So I did listen to that. After you said that last time. Oh, you found that? Nice. And, um, <laughs> no. Really? I do think it's ro- more rocky, mm-hmm. obviously, than the original. I do think he was for, as far, insofar as he can do it, he was rockier. I don't think he sang it better. I, I just, Bob Dylan is not known for his singing, uh, and, ne- n- well, I guess neither is Jimi Hendrix. Neither was Jimi no, Hendrix. No, no, definitely not. Never but, not. I mean, of the two, I'd rather hear Hendrix like scream out some lyrics than that. So I saw that and I thought, okay, I'm really ready to be won over. And I just, I wasn't. I like it better than the original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like it better than the Hendrix version. But I want you to know I did give it a shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, for some reason it just came back to me. Post Malone said, Bob Dylan is as far from rock and roll as you can get, which is dead wrong, of course. It's not true. It's not true at all. He said, uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues is really the first rap song. Okay, he's got something there. I, I hear mean, that. Yeah, there I are. I mean, there were rapping long before rap. I mean, Mickey Dolenz was rapping, Dylan was rapping, so sure. But uh, yeah, he's a rock and roller, though. But uh, not a rapper, that's for damn sure. So, uh, But yes, uh, that is an excellent version. I, I was teasing about the hysteria. It's just that everybody's in lockstep about it. Because it's so fucking and good. And nobody dissents, but uh, I gotta be, I, I'll join. If you can't beat him, join him. It is, it's excellent. It's fantastic. <laughs> it, Certainly, it, really it is better is. than Dylan's. It, it is, no it is. I wish it yeah. wasn't, but it is. Yeah. And the thing is, is, I don't, you know, Dylan is laughing all the way to the bank, so he's, oh, yeah. he's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think it's gotta be flattering, imagine, you know, just to have all these people Come on, let me do cover your song, stuff. Yeah. I mean, and you're like, go ahead. And then they make, you know, bazillions of dollars. And you're like, 
right on it's my fucking song and gets to hear some other people reimagine his song and 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 hear the inspiration he has how amazing right i mean all right i shall be released Uh the band 1968 oh really all right so we just reminded ourselves of what the band's version of i shall be released sounds like and what are your thoughts well, at least our consciences are clear that we didn't subject the listeners to it. Because no. honestly, I think it's kind of painful. It was very painful. It was painful. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very painful. Yeah, not good at all. The band is so good, too. They're so the, good. They're singing this thing an octave or two or three way too high. And it's just like, <laughs> what the three, hell? I'm not like, sure. What I've is lost that? Count. You know? Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, no, so uh, that uh, that was bad. I will take the ones over that any old day. But I did introduce you to another cover of that song that is better yeah that was a guy who has a way with kicking the ass of covers mr joe cocker and that one was a beauty that was a soulful uh that was pure soulful bliss with the keyboards and everything yeah that was uh that was more like it yeah the band was like i wasn't cringing at all no yeah and i I, yeah the band one was cringy but i really like that that the soul that they had to because bob dylan's writing and his his songs have so much soul so i like yeah oh yeah dylan sings it with soul for sure absolutely so but it's a, it's a very spare arrangement. You yes, know? and uh, that's, that's one typical. thing. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, that maybe sets some of the covers ahead is that they're more fleshed out. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, but that's a that's a Dylan hallmark, you yeah. know. So here's what they say about the band's version. So it says here there are times when a cover is released prior to the singer songwriter putting out his or her original version, and that's the case here with the band. Mm. So they put it out before. So they released its rendition three years before Dylan recorded Unleashed His Own. That said, many critics believe that the band's take is more memorable. Mm, Mm. I disagree. So I'm with you. I absolutely disagree. I'd be like three years later when Dylan came out with it, he's like, oh, wow. So the song really was good after all. (laughs) I mean, you can tell it's a good song. It's just not good to listen to their version. Exactly. So the next one is The Mighty Quinn by Manford Mann. Yeah, baby. This one blows Dylan's off the map. This is a rollicking good time song. Dylan's is is fun and loose, very small, very intimate. But uh, Manford Mann just blows this up. Absolutely. So it's another one of Dylan's beloved songs, this time about an Eskimo who riles up a group of animals. The song has been covered by many, but Manfred Mann's version is worthy of consistent praise. Um, I always thought it was about a drug dealer. You know. Nope, I guess not. <laughs> uh, and then, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Owen J. If not for you. Oh, that's right. Yes, she did have that big hit with the. I mean, a lot of people have done If Not For You. Yes. But, uh, oh, uh. NJ, and for you uninitiated out there, that's <laughs> Olivia Newton John, who uh, we're both very fond of. We you are. Know? The Australian, uh, the wonder lady from Australia. A goddess. A goddess for that sure. you have to see Xanadu. Uh, you do. You do. And uh, yeah, ONJ. Um, I'm, yeah, back in the, the wafy vocal, you know, early, you know, uh, please, Mr. Please and all that stuff. I honestly love you. This was the kind of stuff she was doing. And it was beautiful. Yes. When she went more pop and rock, I was fine with that too. Yes. But uh, yeah, this is a beauty, if not for you. Yeah, her version is very pretty. Good very cover. pretty. Olivia Newton-John enjoyed some massive international success with her country pop version of this track. Her rendition landed in the top 10 in the United Kingdom and was a top 25 hit in the U.S. Wow. And this version that she did may actually be more recognizable than the original, as I do believe many of 
these tunes are? Do you recognize them more than the original? Oh, yeah. In terms of sheer chart position, reaching more people, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we AOR, oh, you said AOR before. That's album-oriented rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, AOR uh, stations, you'll hear you know any number of things by the original songwriters who get covered a lot, like Dylan and Bruce Springsteen and people like that. But um, uh, to the general public, you know, the, the charting stuff, like ONJ's version of uh, If Not For You, is what they know best. It's true. So. And sometimes they don't even know that's, that they weren't the original artist which i've found that that's happened to me a lot with some songs where i'm like oh my god that's not written by them right or they didn't record that first or exactly. whatever so the original artist because a lot of people uh, have immortalized bob dylan songs and you know the general public knows at least a half a dozen bob dylan songs well at any given time they just don't know it's they bob just dylan. don't know their bob dylan songs necessarily and yeah. bob dylan again laughing his way all the way to the bank no hey. problem he did his time the, on the road. Yeah, he did his yeah. time out there. He did the protest songs. Shit, he fought the good fight. He'd be on the road right now if anybody was. True. I mean, he was still doing that. You know, That's so. true. And uh, that might come up in discussion perhaps later on. Who knows? Oh. All right. Well, knocking on heaven's door. No, Guns don't say it. Roses, don't say it. 1987. Um, was this the abomination list? This was a favorite cover of the band in the early days of Welcome to the Jungle and became a staple of their live sets going forward. Uh, also, one of the more memorable moments during 1992's Freddie Mercury tribute concert was GNR's version of this song with a little reggae added for fun. Hi, hi, hi. I don't. <laughs> Guns N' Roses should be. There should be a federal law against Guns N' Roses doing covers, honestly. Uh, I, I do not. <laughs> Living the die, anyone? You know? <laughs> I do not disagree with you. This is, this is just disgusting. I cannot. I can't handle any part of it. To me, this is just an abomination. It, it, it just it really totally is. is. It's yeah. an assault on, my, on, on me when I hear it. I immediately run and just like fall over myself to change the channel. Hi, whatever hi, station. Hi. It's just the worst. All right, so the last one is Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35, Tom Petty, 1992. Wow, I don't think I know that one. I know Rainy Day Women, of course, and it's hard to believe anybody could out Dylan it, but uh, I've never heard the Petty one, so I'll listen to that. We'll be right back. (laughs) Whoosh. (laughs) All right, and we are back. We listen to Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35, by Tom Petty. And what is the verdict for you, David? No, honestly, I, I didn't think you were playing the Petty yet. It sounded like like a bonus track you'd get buying one of these new CD re-releases or anything like, something like that. Uh, it sounded like the one that got left on the cutting room floor. Mm. It was too similar to the point where it sounded like the same act, only inferior. So, no, I definitely didn't. I mean, nothing could top the Dylan version on that one. Yeah, yeah I didn't like it either. I don't like the Dylan version either, but I do like the Joan Osborne version. Well, yeah, the Dylan version is boozy and bluesy and loose, and it sounds like it was recorded in 3 in the morning in a basement with a bunch of dudes. And that's kind of cool, but I got to mm-hmm. say, that slinky, sassy Joan Osborne version is badass, and I had not heard that until tonight. Yeah, I don't I don't get the I'm going to put it out even though it kind of sounds like shit and like it should never have been put out. I'm kind of out. That doesn't do anything for me. So that's what his original sounds like to me. It's the just curse like of perfectionism. it's, it's no, quite it's, of a it's mess. Actually, I think it's I think it's, it's a mess. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that is beautiful. I think there's some um there's some stuff that I think is kind of beautiful when it's not perfect. There's too much not perfect about that whole thing. If you ever walked into a bar in the 70s, you heard that song. It's just like today you'll hear that fucking Santeria thing. Well, yeah, Santeria I like that is a little more put together than uh, Rainy Day Women. <laughs> I'm put sorry. Together. Yeah, it's 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 far less loose and boozy and uh, 3 a.m. cutting room floor. 
Maybe mess. they should have tried that. You it's know? a little messy. Uh, the the other one at least is a little slicker and a little more like, oh, we knew we were going to release this, so we got our shit together. That's yeah. all I'm saying is that particular song. I don't like Dylan's voice, but that particular one is a fucking mess to me. But um, I do <laughs> a hot like mess. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't even qualify. It's like a white hot mess, you know. So. But that brings us to the uh, top 10 best cover songs of Bob Dylan with Rainy Day Women number 12 and 35 by Tom Betty being number 10. So hopefully that was fun for you, David. A little kind of walk uh, down the Bob Dylan cover street, if you will. Lots of good stuff out there. Lots of shit out there. But I thought that would be a fun bird banter. So now it is time for you to restate the theme. What was the theme this time? It's very funny. Yeah, the theme this time... This. Uh Seriously, you're not even getting warm when it comes to coming up with theme names that I won't say. Okay, <laughs> you thought I, thought I not, was. Not only will I not say this one, I've you been going around it. singing it all week. Okay, I better restate the theme itself. Losing my crowned pigeon, which is of course in keeping with the cheesy bird pun hit song or known song or song at least theme, uh, a takeoff on R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion, which was a big hit for the band. Huge. And uh, I gotta say, I've been going around singing Losing My Crown Pigeon. I mean, I've had the, the clothespin <laughs> dutifully on my nose to try to simulate the Michael Stipe vocal style. Well, then you couldn't. And uh, Losing work. My Crown Pigeon. I yeah, like it. I love like it. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful. And uh, but uh, the songs uh, for this theme uh, again, we're gonna go. We're gonna reach far and wide for you on this one. Well, actually, not true because these are all four that REM said were part of the song. No, and I looked this up in that uh, handy resource for people who are out of touch with the uh, the young people today, like Christina, um, and the Urban Dictionary, namely. And sure enough, they say it's about what REM says it's about, mm. which is uh, being at the end of your rope and the moment when. Politeness gives way to anger. Uh, it's Things are going to change here. Something's happening here. Uh, unrequited love. The struggle with fame or being in the public eye. And I can totally relate to that. Not that I'm in that, but I mean it must suck. And questioning the spiritual beliefs of yourself or others. Now, what I've seen it, how I've seen it used in like movies and things like that, when I hear this term, it's by somebody who's disillusioned. Uh, in a system in which they have uh, worked for a long time and to which they've dedicated their lives, uh, like the law, the legal system, like and Justice for All movie kind of thing and everything. That's what I thought it meant because it was about actual spirituality. Somebody would probably say they were losing their faith, not their religion. But um, yeah, so I totally had that one wrong, but I'd be interested to see what they came up with. And sure enough, I'm the odd man out on this and the Urban Dictionary is right. Everybody else is right. I had the meaning of it wrong, but it certainly opens it up a little wide for uh, your submissions and we'll see what we come up with. Came up with some good stuff, which we will get to after a new feature. What? Yes. For this new feature that you came up with, David, we hum songs and see if the other person can guess the song in a head-to-head battle. So, yes, this has a similar structure and feel to various songbirds, but it's a different take. And in this particular show, and likely this show only, we're going to do both. Now, normally, probably wouldn't do both. No, no. But because it's a new feature... I'm fucking excited to do it, so we're going to do it, and uh, we're going to do this and various songbirds, which we know you love. So, uh, David, I'm going to go ahead and let you kick this off since it's your feature. Well, she's giving me credit for coming up with this feature, but really what I suggested was that in various songbirds, we leave open the possibility of humming songs because lyrics aren't enough of a trigger when they're these really old things. So uh, that kind of opens up uh, the floodgates a little bit, and also... Uh, makes the possibility of doing the chorus, which is usually the most instantly recognizable part, 
up for grabs because if you're just humming, you're not giving it away. The chorus often contains the title, so we can hum it. And I didn't think of it as a feature. That was all her brainstorm and calling it Hummingbirds, which is so clever. So we kind of, <laughs> I guess it's a collaboration of sorts. Indeed. And so you want me to start, eh? Okay, mm-hmm. well, since we're now free to do the choruses, I'll start with a chorus, and I'm assuming you're going to know this one. All right. <clears throat> the, the question is, can I hum at... Uh, one o'clock in the morning. Yes, uh, you can. In the in allergy season, I'm not sure I can. You okay. can. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do fucking various, shrikes. Various and shrikes too. I mean, oh my goodness! They're coming. We're gonna be totally hoarse. By the yeah, end we're of the gonna night. be dead. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to speak, uh, and the audience will. You know that, that'll be okay. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Let me see if I can hum this one. Oh, uh, wait, I got it. Uh, the audience is going batshit now. Uh, going, yeah, it's a. Uh, can't read my, can't read my, can't read You know my the words. Poker face. Poker face. It's Lady fucking Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, poker face. Nice. You Ooh. see, this yeah, is, uh, fun. so I was onto something. This uh, this so, works. So uh, can I hum or can I la-la too? Am I allowed to la-la? Yeah, any, any, sound, any sound devoid okay. of actual words. Okay, <clears throat> here's mine. And I do have a theme for mine. Mine a are theme? 80s. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, well. I said decade or theme. We oh, could do okay. that too. Yeah, it, that's true. Yeah, you I don't that have part. to. Well, the first copy you gave me was uh, the, the the ink was bad and it's uh, kind of illegible. So no, you can see. I didn't get that yeah, reference. You can see it. That's yeah. okay. That's why we have those show meetings. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard enough to do without confining it to a decade. <laughs> well, I did it just because I thought it was fun. So ready? La 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 la. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Tony Basil of uh, uh, Mickey. Oh, you see, you know, here's the problem. I almost said Ricky oh. because that's Weird Al Yankovic's parody version. Oh, God. Weird Al Yankovic has warped my mind. Uh, you were talking about, you were doing uh, Fell in Love with a Girl, White Stripes before, mm-hmm. and uh, you were talking about that, and he, he did a cover of that, too, in, within a polka medley. I mean, it, just a polka medley of hit songs. Anyway, uh, wow. yeah, Tony Basil, uh, wow. Mickey, not Ricky, Mickey. Yes, that's correct. His is about uh, Ricky Ricardo. The song is, uh, Lucy is the narrator of the song, so. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of those. Yes. Oh, I got to do another one. You don't have to. Okay. All right. Here's one that, if anything, uh, even though you're a young thing and tender and you're into this modern music, or you at least know it, the name of the artist might be difficult for you, but the song will not. Uh, but, of course, you got to get both. So, sorry. So, of course, you're I'm, never, I'm trying, never trying to be No, I, th- to I think you'll know. I mm-hmm. think you'll know. <laughs> yeah, the lalas are easier. <laughs> la, la, la. So it's lala birds, really. <laughs> the snapping is thrown in for free. <laughs> I'm trying Thank to help you. you. Thanks for the gift. That's pretty much the whole song. Uh, um. It sounds kind of familiar, but you've hummed and la la. It's not that oh. long ago. Oh, oh. Uh, you oh, got oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Oops, I almost said something. Oops. I think Shit. we're Iankovic did a cover of this one, too, oh, actually. Yeah. Oh. A, a, a parody, you know. Oh, my God. 
God. It's, it's hard to avoid. You it, know? It, I can avoid it. I've yeah. avoided it most of my life. Uh, so. You thought you did. You know? I, I No, I did <laughs> successfully till this moment. Um, uh, the, the happiness is the truth. Yeah, happiness yeah. by Pharrell Williams. Well, the name of the happy. happy by Pharrell Williams. Yeah, I wasn't sure you'd get the Pharrell Williams part, but okay, happy by I Pharrell Williams. I love Pharrell. That's two for two. You see? You see? Uh-uh. We'll see. I mean, Virius is still around, and we don't yeah, like well, to I'm sock this, it to this, me on this that. This will work a little better than because you can do the choruses and everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this one is going to be. These are these are you know kind of giveaways, yeah, but this is um, gift wrapped. <laughs> um, la 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 Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to do the piano now. La, yeah. la, 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 wow. La, 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 Starting with a bass line instead of a vocal. La, that's pretty. La, la, la. I guess that's fair game, too. Why yeah. not? Uh, Under Pressure by Queen slash David Bowie. That's correct. Nice. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to. I feel like I sound like a fucking idiot doing these lalas, but it's got to be funny. It's got to be. Oh, let's hope <laughs> is so. Is it funny to you? Yeah, it's funny to me. <laughs> it's yeah. funny to me, too. Hopefully, I like the it. audience is on board with this. I, I think they're on board. As Jack Black used to explain. As Jack Black used to explain in some of his comedies, if you're being totally humiliated, the audience thinks it's funny. I don't agree, but that's that, that could it's be true. that could be the appeal here. That's true. All right, here's one. That'll be the day, Buddy Holly. Wrong. It's that'll be the day by Linda Ronstadt. Oh come on! Fuck you! Fuck you! You got the artist wrong. If that's I'm true, kidding. you are in trouble. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> of course, buddy. Ali recorded it first. Yeah. All right. Well, very nice. What do you got for me? Very nice. Well, la 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 Oh, okay. Wow, that was taking me a while to say, we're halfway there. We're talking about uh, Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Yes. See, that, these are ones, seriously, think about when you can come up with a melody that people can retain that that well. Yeah. That's really doing something. All right, here's one for you. Let's see if you can get this one. I think you were telling me the name of this the other day. You know what it is, of course. I don't have to la la anymore. Fuck, why is that not? I know the song. Uh oh. Oh, oh, oh. Chili peppers. Yep. Uh, under the bridge. Thank you. Four for four. Well, wow. we're on a clobbering right. spree here. Let's I love I... the toe tapping. I don't. I have not. <laughs> I have not done the toe tapping. I don't know how that's going to play out there in the in the stratosphere. Yeah, I don't but know. There's I, some I, toe tapping. I didn't even realize I was here. doing that. Yeah, uh, it's so cute. You're you're so toe tapping. It's just the, it's a beat thing, right? And I'm just kind of like I'm nodding my head. So we got to do something. Got to do something. La 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 la. La 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 Of course I know the song. I'm taking a stab at the title and the artist and I think I'm wrong because there are these groups like, you know, Dead or Alive and that kind of thing that I always get mixed up. Oh, I'm going to go with Love and Rockets. Uh for some reason because I was I was checking this out recently I'm but I I Shazam I swear I'm addicted to Shazam. He Shazams every motherfucking thing all day. I'm going to say Love and Rockets and I'm also going to say 
you spin me round or something like that. Yes, but it's dead or alive. It is dead or alive. <laughs> Damn it. Then what's the Love and Rockets one? They have a song that's similar. You know? um, but uh, it is dead or alive. Yeah, Damn it. Okay. You, were, you said it. I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, you know dead or alive? Yeah, it's not them. I felt that good. You know that band? <laughs> yes, it's, it's not, not them. them. Well, but, not them. You must be like, I was like, it's like when you're watching the movies and you go, don't turn around, turn around. I was like, is that your final answer? You don't really want that to be your final answer, do you? Because had she shown anything but a poker face, I would have, anything but a poker face, and I would have said, okay, it's wanted, it's not wanted, it's dead or alive. Yeah, exactly. So it was dead or alive. It was. you, And the thing is, is I, I kind of feel like that counts because you kind of you said it and you said you get those confused. So yeah. I'm kind of giving it. All right. Well, that was hummingbirds, ladies and uh, jelly spoons, uh, as Eddie Izzard says. And that takes us to our very first artist that we are going to share with you. And that is one that you are introducing, David. And this one is uh, kind of an interesting uh, entry this this time. One of the reasons that uh, that's, this kind of thing happens is because if when you submit your songs, if they are not on theme, which we receive a lot of off-theme submissions, the, one of the first places I will go is I will go to those submitted but off-theme submissions and see if I can find any that meet our, our theme. So I always go to our archives, if you will, and I found this song that met our theme, but there's something curious about this one, David. Yeah, we don't know who the hell it is yeah. that did this song. Now, this is let this be a warning, sort of a cautionary tale to you, that if you submit a song to a show without your name, they'll play the damn thing anyway. Okay, mm-hmm. no, they won't. Nobody else will do that but us. Okay, that's Everybody right. else. In fact, ask Lewis Drayton to be like, okay, that's a sure way to have your song immediately dismissed. If, if it isn't right there in the file, and we went the extra mile, which by we by which I mean Christina, went the extra mile and looked in the email to see if the sender even said who the band is. We were going that far. Yeah, I even did next to you with the guy's name because yep. it's a it's a weird, like it's an email like Joe4566. And so that doesn't tell me anything. It wasn't in the title. It just said, hey, please play this track. I got the track. Some guy named Joe. Thanks, Joe. Uh, your track only says the name of the song. It doesn't say the band. So... However, if you hear the song and you know the artist or are the artist, uh, please clue us in on that and we can tell the audience. And uh, maybe, uh, I think this is a teachable moment, don't it you? It is. This I is think a teachable so. moment. It's a cautionary tale. It's a teachable moment. It's, uh, it's, it's a moment of shame, but it's also a moment to learn and grow. It is to learn. Remember we went to see that band at the Whiskey, well, we went to, to the Whiskey A Go-Go and a band was there called D-Day. Yes, played. they were so great. They were so great. So great. They rocked the house. They gave us EPs each with... Get this. No email, nope, no website. Nothing. I mean, not even a freaking email, which is free. Nothing. nothing. Absolutely no contact information. It's like, hey, we're, we're D-Day. Here's our record. And it's like, yeah, nice. How do we get in touch with you? Well, you don't. <laughs> yeah, what, if we so wanna, you know, what if we want to play you for people? Yeah, and most of us, I'm just saying, not only in radio, but most of us in general, we're not going to go looking. I'm sorry. I'll be like, oh, this really great band I heard. I wish I remembered or could get in a hold of them. Or, but yeah, they're cool. And yeah, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere. So do yourself a favor, and uh, remember to tr- to tag your tracks, if you will, your MP3s that you send in with your band name and the song title. All right. So the song itself, next to you by whomever, <laughs> the, <laughs> the unknown band, uh, five guys with bags over their heads, probably, mm. um, uh, is. What I like about it is the guitars are really anguished but clean. It's like, and the vocal also. It's a very heartfelt. It's very, but it's 
it's basically what Alice in Chains would sound like if they had a good singer and if the guitars weren't run through the uh, atomic sludge processor. That's this is kind of what they would sound like. You know, is it would be an improvement to me. And the lyric is pained and desperate. He's asking this woman to be his wife. He's saying, I remember, he seems to think that he believed this was going to be forever, but the song gives us no confirmation, and it certainly sounds like he's lost any faith or confidence he might have had in this belief, and that's where the song derives its uh, tension. So let's listen to the band, whoever they might be, whatever they might be called, with this song next to you.
All right, that was with uh, Next to You. Maybe we'll be able to tell you someday who they are. You can find them on We Don't Know. Yeah, we don't know where you can find them because you don't know who they are. And uh, uh, I think they're going to be on My Face is Red Records. Uh, That's correct, uh, yes. So hopefully... uh, It's very popular. Hopefully we'll all look back on this and laugh together. Yes. So don't be like... mm. Yeah, don't be like... mm, uh, Yeah, Yeah, don't be like them. So (laughs) great song, though. I really like the song. It's too bad that we can't uh, toot the band's horn, but there's their song. All right, it is time for Hell Yes or Oh Hell No, the results. And for this feature, we consider bands and determine if we are in or out. We also ask you to weigh in. We want to know what you think. And this time we put out there... Aerosmith. Yeah. Everybody who knows who Aerosmith is, whether you love them or hate them, you know who they are. And it appears actually that you resoundingly love them at 97%, only 3% saying hell no. We did have a couple people who were like, meh, I like their early stuff, I hate their later stuff, but they weren't willing to commit either way, so meh is not a yes or no to me. So You're we out had, of the game with We meh. had a couple yeah. of mehs in there. I honestly think that uh, probably the 3% is people who think Aerosmith had some merit for about six or seven years and then, yeah. you know, just been kind of coasting ever since then. But I, I find it hard to believe that anybody would not like any Aerosmith person. I, I suppose it's possible, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I find it kind of weird, too. I guess, you know, I think some of the comments were around that they were, like, glammy. I don't, I don't know why you have issues with glammy. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't make them without merit in their music not good. I think they're really good, and I think Steven Tyler has a crazy, amazing voice, and there's some magic in Aerosmith. I really love their music. There's some stuff I love more than other than others. You know, I like some songs more than others, but that's true with any artist. Yeah, and there's some stuff which simply just isn't terribly good that right, came along that were hits for them. I'm sure there are a lot of people who think they started out great and they became a ragamuffin version of Oreo Speedwagon with the power ballads all the time. Oh it's like, hey, it's Desmond Child and Diane Warren's Love oh Child song. You know, but uh, the power ballads they do were fantastic anyway. And that that isn't all they I'm do. I'm not a huge fan of the power ballads that Aerosmith does. I love power ballads, yeah. but I like their rocky stuff. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Aerosmith does indeed uh, just, they, they kick ass. They and, kick ass. Well, since they cleaned up and, you know, you put them on stage and uh, after the power ballads are all done and the uh, love in an elevator schlock and everything you're going to get, <laughs> they're going to pull out something from, uh, something from the old days and it's going to rock your world. In fact, there is an Aerosmith vinyl record cover hanging on the wall right behind Christina now. Yes, 1975's awesome. Toys in the Attic. I mean, I don't know who could dismiss that. It's, I think it's, it's just they became, you know, the, the shitstorm. Some of the stuff later was actually quite good, like Ragdoll. Oh, and, love uh, that song. We were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, and the crazy and stuff. That, that was good stuff. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but it was still good stuff. Ragdoll was one, is one of my favorite songs of their later uh, releases. I mean, I, I always take people at their best. It's like you put out one great album... 85 lousy albums, you still put out a great album. So, and well, uh, Aerosmith deserves that, and they certainly put out way more than one. <laughs> well, that's true, but I mean, I don't have to give those other albums merit if I don't like no, them, no. but I can't say that they suck entirely, and that's kind of what we get. And some of these, I notice some of these like rock bands from like the 70s and stuff, we're getting a lot of like, oh, love them then, don't love them now, love them then, don't love them Hello, in the Rolling 90s. Stones, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's weird. Uh, so, yeah, I think Aerosmith is is without a doubt one of you know the best like American rock bands. They're just oh, yeah. they kick ass, and there's Very, no uh, denying that voice. There's no. no denying that chemistry of that band. They've been through hell and back, and you can hear it. I mean, there's I think the songwriting is solid. 
I don't like, don't want to miss a thing. It's probably their biggest hit. It's not my <laughs> thing. They didn't write it. I'm just kind of out. It's yeah, not that's, my thing. Yeah, that's the, the product. Song, yeah, I can't know. do it. It's, that's it's the too, soundtrack song, you know. It's too glossy and shiny. I like yeah. the down and dirty that they do. Like like the fourth album, Rocks. I mean, it's so it's so raw. It's so crazy. You yeah. Know? But uh, yeah, they were they started out amazing. They they were the band that actually kicked off the first concert I ever saw. Mm. Uh, they were opening for Black Sabbath, so nineteen seventy five. Uh, Toys in the Attic, the album that's hanging over your head was their new release that year that they were promoting. That's on crazy. tour with Sabbath. So got to be amazing. Yeah, so. and they were. And by the next year, they were headlining with their fourth album, Rock. So uh, they shot up in the world, and I was kind of in on it early. We were reading about them, but back in those days, young people, let me tell you, there was no internet. There was no nothing. I mean, if the radio wasn't playing them and your friends didn't have the records, you didn't hear them. We were reading about this Aerosmith. They looked cool. What did they sound like? I found out seeing them live. So I love them always. Most interesting. Well, thank you for sharing your opinion with us, folks. We really appreciate it. Now you know how we feel about Aerosmith. We are uh, hell yeses. So I'm not going to belabor the point here because we're getting on to our next artist. And this particular artist is a friend of mine on Facebook. And her name is Hannah Elliott, and we have received quite a few submissions from Hannah, though not always on theme. This one worked perfect. The name of the song is Not Worthy. Now, she's from L.A., originally from Sydney, a singer-songwriter, and uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about this track. So it is a little heartbreaking tale of unrequited love where the narrator spells out why the one she loves does not love her back. She criticizes her features as reasons why she's always passed over. I certainly know what that feels like. This is certainly a go-go-esque sort of tune with a smattering of ACDC thrown in for good measure. The chorus is like an earwig. I kept humming and singing it for days. Now, the vocals are a bit punky, which I like. They're sassy and they're slightly defiant while also longing. Here's Not Worthy.
right. That was Not Worthy by Hannah Elliott. And you can find her on SoundCloud at Hannah's Music. H-A-N-N-A-H-S Music. All right, and that brings us to the aforementioned various songbirds. And uh, as always, for this feature, we name lines from songs. Not tra-la-las and la-di-das and hums, but actual words. And try to stump each other in head-to-head battle. That's and why it's called the Battle Royale. That's why it's called the Battle Royale. And uh, who's uh, who's beginning here? This time it's me. All right. And I did have a theme, and again, you didn't have to. Yes, and I want to say about last time, anybody who listened to the last one was a complete debacle, and I'm absolutely abashed and ashamed that uh, I, I finally woke up to the problem here. And uh, underneath these pajamas, which we are still wearing pajamas, we are. I am clad in sackcloth and ashes, and I want you to know <laughs> that the sackcloth, sackcloth is quite coarse, because mm-hmm. I deserve it to be coarse after last time, after I sh- shut her completely out with unattainable, what I thought were reasonable, unattainable uh, song goals. But uh, I have learned my lesson, and I think that's what made me actually think of the humming part. Loved it. Uh, but uh, I think we, I, I, I come up with ones with actual lyrics that I do believe that these are not softballs, babe. These mm. are not softballs, babe. These are cotton balls, babe. Oh, cotton my balls. goodness. And they are, not, wow. they are not pitched or lobbed or thrown. They are dropped gently into your upturned and open palm mm. from a height of no more than 12 inches, mm. lest they pick up any terminal velocity. That's how soft these balls <laughs> wow. are. So, uh, honestly, I don't mean oh, to be my, like... My goodness, you better fucking get them, but yeah, you're saying you, you better you fucking better, get them. With a build-up like that, you better get them. I've made them almost unmissable. So, uh, you want me to go first, did you say? No, it's my turn. Oh, sorry, that's right. My goodness. All right, are you ready? My theme is 1980s. Again, you didn't have to have one, but I determined I would just continue my theme. Yeah, again, I missed that. Hey, you don't have to. So this is the 1980s. So I am returning the echo of a point in time and distant faces shine. Uh, I must have missed the 80s. Uh, Let me see. Uh, this is one I'm sure if I heard the melody. Okay. Re, um, I am what? I am returning the echo of a point in time and distant faces shine. And distant faces shine. I can give you more lyrics. Yeah, please, please. A thousand warriors I have known and laughing as the spirits appear. All your life, shadows of another day. Gee. Sound like you could read the whole damn thing, and I won't have a clue. Oh. I uh, I believe I am conceding defeat straight out of the gate. That is crazy, because that is Deep Purple with Perfect Strangers. Oh, you see, I, I that is an album I never had, and I, oh. if you were, you know, I, if I heard the song Perfect Strangers, I would know it, but I did not know the lyric, and it's that was a big comeback for them. And uh, oh, see, yeah, I being the big it. Deep Purple fan, I yeah, I don't sure. have a great many of their albums. I, I know about oh. a half a dozen at tops. I missed that, and that was a big one too. So, well, I tried that one on Bruce, and he got it right away. Damn, with the first two, like I said, the first two goes, oh, it's Deep Purple, Perfect oh, Strangers. Shit. I was like, oh shit. That, and I've been meaning to. I gotta, I gotta sit myself down and listen to these. He says this Spotify. is one of the best albums. It was. He a just says this album is tremendous just tremendous comeback. Deep Purple Mark Two came back. And put out this kick-ass uh, reunion album, had a big tour, and where was I? Um, so I'm so sorry. I thought for sure that no, would be no. right in your wheelhouse. No, the other ones I'm sure will be totally in my wheelhouse. And uh, I've, I'm apologizing in advance for this one because in retrospect, I'm thinking maybe it's a little hard. Oh, shit. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's a great lyric, and it takes somebody special to come up with lyrics like this. Speaking of lyrics, that's what they're about. Words. Poets, priests, and politicians have words to thank for their positions. Mm, sounds very familiar. 
if I give you the, the I have to skip a couple of lines and give you another part, but then it'll make sense. Why do you have to skip a couple of lines? Because it'll mm-hmm. give it away? Well, because the next two lines are even less recognizable than the oh. first. <laughs> However, in the little bridgy part, that one will make more sense. Poets, priests, and politicians have words to thank for their positions, as do radio hosts. Mm, true. What, what position that is, I don't know. Not but, sure, but hey. <laughs> working for free, basically, that position. <laughs> That's true, right We have now. words to thank for the fact that we're up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Working for free working on a for work free, day for on me. On a work day, yeah. For you and me. For both of us, yeah. We have words to thank for that. We do, words. <laughs> okay, here's the other part. Because when their eloquence escapes you, their logic ties you up and rapes you. The light bulb is burning brightly over here. Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do, do. Do, da, da, da. I zinged you with that one last time. You know? Yes, that was cool. It is yeah. the police to do, 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 da, da, da. See? Cotton balls all the way. Well, I don't know. I had to get extra <laughs> lyrics. Well, yeah, but that's, that's fair Sorry game. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, here's my next uh, uh, crushing defeat. <laughs> no. We're leaving together, but still it's farewell, and maybe we'll come back to Earth. Who can tell? Oh, come on. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. We're leaving together. But still, it's farewell, and maybe we'll come back to Earth. Who can tell? Come back to Earth. Wow. That's heavy. Is there any more you can give me? I guess there's no one to blame. We're leaving ground. Leaving ground. Will things ever be the same again? Wow. I, I think next time you'll be wearing the sackcloth and ashes. I'm uh, so confused. Because uh, I really don't have anything. You could give me a clue, maybe, but uh, admission of defeat, of course. Um, My second defeat. It's a big hairband from the 80s. Oh, that's right, the 80s, yeah. Big hairband. Um, we were talking about them earlier. Motley Crue? No. Oh. Poison, no. <laughs> no, you're just fucking guessing. <laughs> Do you want the, um, I can give you the first letter of, e, you know, like, so yeah. it's, it. The, the title is TFC. Oh, TFC. Okay, there, there is no song like that. Um, no, let me see. there isn't one. Never, no song has ever had the initials TFC. No, of course uh, not. Is the first one the? Yes. The f- FC, the FC, the FC, yeah, yes. the FC, yeah, winner. Huh, the um, flower children, not flower children. Um, the eighties <laughs> wouldn't be about the flower children unless it was Spinal Tap. Let me see. Uh, the f- oh, I can't believe it. Uh, I thought for yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know. It's the final countdown. No, you see, I, I know that. I listen to that song all the time, but no, parts of it. We're leaving together. Oh, about leaving but and the final countdown. Of course, I just yeah. listened to this. Oh, that's insanity. This is Maria, but not quite. Yeah, I uh, thought. I I thought both of those. I thought, okay, well, they're both. You know them. Deep Purple is your thing. Europe, we've kind of talked about it. Ugh, sorry, I thought for sure. All right. Well, let me see what else I got here. All right, here we go. And um, I will be deflated if you don't get this one. Oh, don't yeah. be deflated. Yeah. I'm s- no pressure. <laughs> he was something to observe. Came in close, I heard a voice. Standing, stretching every nerve. 
Had to listen. Shit. Had no choice. The shit part isn't there. <laughs> he was something to observe. Came in close. I heard a voice. It's Peter Gabriel. It is Peter Gabriel. Can you sing it? Yeah. Boom, 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 son. She said, grab your things. I've come to take you home. Down, 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 down. I'm back home. Oh. Is it Salisbury Hill? It's Salisbury Hill. All right. <laughs> Thank God. Nice one. Okay. Sometimes you just got to go through. I, it, it's got to be agonizing for the audience to hear me like sing these stupid little bits. Of, it's so irritating, but that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. All right. No uh, shortcut. No shortcut. You know? 1980s. 80s, yes. Uh, 80s. The the era of which I know very little, actually, but no. I should have gotten, gotten both. These both. are pretty. I've tried to be pretty. Okay. I know. I know. All right. This one is... Didn't you uh, didn't hear your wicked words every day, and uh, you used to be so sweet? I heard you say, "I'm a man." All right, we're talking Culture Club. Come, 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 chameleon. There you go. Now that is an eighties classic. Yes, they come and go. Loving would be easy if your colors were like my dreams. Red, gold, and green. Red, gold, and green. I actually really love Boy George's voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He I can really sing. Do. It's a great song, too. Yeah. Church of the Poison Mind. Yeah, they were oh, great. Man. Well, gee, let me so see. Good. Let me see what what's my next cotton ball. Oh, this is too much of a cotton. <laughs> this is too much of a cotton ball. Hey, though. after last week, you, should, <clears throat> you owe me. Yeah, yeah. Really. Me. I have to atone for last week. I mean, the self-flagellation <laughs> is not enough, you know. In touch with the ground, I'm on the hunt down. I'm after Hungry you. Hungry like the wolf dander. There you go. See, <laughs> cotton balls, pure cotton balls. Not all of them, yeah. but there. That was pretty. That was all pretty right. fucking good. That was great. There you go. All right, here's the last one. I hope to God you get this one. This was a big '80s hit, and it's uh, it's one that was really big. And so we'll see. Make believing we're together that I'm sheltered by your heart. Uh. But in the outside, I turn to water like a teardrop in your palm. Ooh. Um, yeah, I miss the 80s pretty much. Um, let me see. Uh, but I'll know the song, of course, when I hear it. We believe we're together. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know the song. She's nodding. You should see the look here. Uh, what the hell is it? Uh, hold on. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yes. I do. I, I love, I love, I love this, song. this song. That's why I put it in here. I'm like... What's the next line? We believe we went together. That I'm sheltered by your heart. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, is it no doubt don't speak? Nope. Nope. But Shit. you're very... It, you're circling the, the area. I'm circling the yeah. area. Um, you want me to sing the first two lines just so you... Yeah, it's defeat, yeah. Make believe in we're together. Oh, yeah, no, I had a different melody in mind altogether. Then I'm sheltered by your heart. Oh, okay. Uh, in and outside. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. I turn to water. Oh, like no, no. Like a teardrop in your palm. Roxette, it must have been love. <laughs> yes. I love Roxette. It's so good. <clears throat> I thought it was uh I thought it was that song. But yeah. I they, I totally get why yeah. you think that. I love Roxette. Uh, Me yeah. too. I love Roxette. Mm. So I thought you for sure would get all of those. I tried to think of stuff that you would like, some pop and some Shit. rock. It's uh, for some reason I'm going no, 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 don't speak. It's going into don't speak in oh, my mind, I, well, which because, is good. Yeah, oh, I can, I can and, and we recently lost uh, Marie Fredrickson. Yeah. That was terrible. Gosh, oh. she was wonderful. All right, well, I mean, uh, a not a total voice. route. Not a total route. No, unfortunately, I thought I gave you good ones, but now I feel horrible because uh, 
<sighs> that was a rough one. I'm so sorry, my friend. I will do better next time. I thought I was in a good spot, but at least you got uh, you got Roxette eventually, and yeah, you got no, Culture no. Club. It wasn't any anywhere near as bad as last time. So. No, last time was brutal. Too. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. All right. So next band. Okay, I'm really excited about this because sometimes sometimes your friends submit songs and they don't make it because they aren't on theme but this one is most assuredly on theme this is from my friends cliff and ivy they are alaska's goth rock duo and the song name is reincarnation they are from alaska as i just mentioned they are goth rock industrial and electronic now the lines take the plunge for you are newly godless and the worm in the wood the virtuous stood in station really struck me i sense confusion frustration condemnation and absolution echoing dark guitar sounds with brooding sense are the backbone while the rhythm keeps you moving and engaged it's unsettling a bit disturbing and certainly ponderous reincarnation i 
All right, that was Cliff and Ivy, friends. We've shared stages with them so many times. Just two of the most beautiful souls. I wish they lived closer, but they live in Alaska. If you have a chance to see them live or even to see their live stream, do it. Find them on cliffandivy.com. And I maintain that Alaska's goth duo does it best. Nice. Well, I guess that brings us once again to History Strikes Back. And for this feature, as always, we travel back in time to a particular year to review bands, music charts, pop culture, world events, and uh, for a randomly selected year. And this time, we didn't go that far back. Well, not in terms of my long-ass life anyway. Uh, 1997. That was 23 years ago, or barely 24 years ago. So some of you young things in Tender might still have some recollection of that. So let's see what was going on in the world. Mm. Now, of course, we'll get to the music. And we had clearly at that time begun our slide into the abyss wherein we find ourselves today. But all was not lost, and we shall see what merit there was. But first, let's look at the world here. At this was a really disturbing one, honestly, because you simply would not believe how many times the word massacre came up in a Ooh. recap of this year. It was like almost 20, so... That's uh, not good. Yeah, for any of you who survived, congratulations. You know, it was a pretty bad year. All right, in January, Bill Clinton was sworn in for a second term as President of the United States. So, again, this is not ancient history like me. Uh, some of you actually probably remember that. Here's a little fun little tidbit. Divorce becomes legal in the Republic of Ireland. Now, whew. <laughs> that sounds like a reason for an annual national holiday. I mean, it would be nice, really, if people could just get married and stay that way. But, you know, I'm kind of happy I was able to obtain both of my divorces. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was a pretty liberating day from uh, for Ireland there. Uh, oh, remember this? The comet Hale-Bopp makes its closest mm. approach to Earth. And in a totally related note, the Heaven's Gate cultists commit mass suicide at their compound. It was a, it was a lot of... Dying going on that year. It was awful. I mean, you remember Nike sneakers, balls cut off, the whole thing. It was a terrible, terrible story. Yeah. All right. IBM's Deep Blue defeats Gary Kasparov in the last game of a rematch. This is the first time a computer has beaten a chess world champion in a match. Honestly, though, I'm really not surprised a computer can best Uh, a human in that kind of endeavor. But what about recapture codes, huh? I can't even get those damn things myself. Can't either. (laughs) I'm not even lying. We're just talking about this today. I'm like, oh, pick all the fire hydrants. And then it keeps coming up. And I'm trying, and they're like this big, and it's fucking blurry. And we're like, yeah, is that a was, fire hydrant? Is that a fire hydrant? Write the word, write the code, and there's these uh, right. blurry ass characters that you really, can't make any and sense. And they're sideways and all. Well, and when weird, a computer can do that, shit, yeah. And uh, what about you know what about creativity? What about stuff like that? I mean, mm. surely computers have written the bulk of the top forty singles for the last fifteen years, but can <laughs> they really create? That's the issue. So okay, computer beat a man in chest. I'm not that moved by that. Oh, yeah. President Clinton bans federal funding for any research on human cloning. Now, you know, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> Kudos to you, sir. I mean, we don't want clones around, really, honestly, do we? You don't need more than one person in the world. You're good. Uh, you Kai and sovereignty of Hong Kong to China, uh, as uh, we I learned about that in the James Bond movie. Like I learned all my geopolitics history. (laughs) (laughs) And here's a heavy one. Oh man, as if the rest of the news wasn't bad enough. Diana, Princess of Wales. Oh, I can't even talk about it. I can't handle it. it. People can't even deal with this to this day. Um, terrible thing. Uh, their funeral was watched by two billion people worldwide. Uh, the notorious B.I.G. Guess what? He got murdered. So there's another. Uh, people were just dying. I think it was the 90, 1997 was the year of dying. Uh, it pretty was much awful. Uh, B.I.G. was murdered uh, in Los Angeles after attending the Soul Train Music Awards, remaining unsolved. 
And more bad news, F.W. Woolworth Company closes after 117 years in business. Hmm. Woolworths, I mean, you younger people might not remember, but we grew up with Dan Woolworths. You used to be able to go in there and get a soda fount- at the soda fountain and everything. Got nothing. Classic. Wow, Woolworths? Yeah, mm-hmm. Angelo Unali is in mourning over this. Yeah. Hmm. The first and second largest cash robberies ever in the U.S. were perpetrated. I think they probably started to rethink having shitloads of money in one place after that. <laughs> probably. Like, this is not working out. We're creating a kind of an incentive here. So let's we're, have a bunch of trucks we're with motivating a bunch of cash people. in them. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the Pokemon anime debuts in Japan uh, in April. In December, over 700 children suffer epileptic attacks due to an episode of this show. Great. Damn, dude. Pikachu, really? I mean, come on, you know. Uh, first hybrid vehicle. Wow, 1997, the wow. Toyota Prius. Well, how about that? Still one of the most uh, well-known. Yeah, what was on vehicles? the old telly in 1997? Everybody likes TV. Well, back in the day, everybody had TV. TV. Now it's cable or, or some other streaming shit. But back we had you, actually with the television. fact that you say cable means you're older. <laughs> <laughs> cable, yeah, that's what we called it. Cable. Call your cable provider. Yeah, no, I remember that. In 1981, it was like. Call your cable provider and tell them, I want my MTV. That's right. I remember that. All right. Uh, The television rating system was implemented, which is uh, one similar to the one used for movies. So, like, you know, if they tell you it's got violence or whatever, they started doing that back then. Premiering shows. A personal favorite of mine, Antiques Fucking Roadshow. Love Antiques Roadshow. I love that show, man. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Never saw it. Never saw. I know it's. A, I know it's a '90s thing, but I my never mom saw it. loves it. My brother loves. My little brother loves it. All they do is they watch reruns. I can't. Really? I'm out. Wow. Yeah, I got. Here, here's one we can totally get behind and, and give a huzzah for South Park. Oh hell yes! Right? Little known fact: the Weird Al show. We know Yankovic had a television show lasted for like one season, mm. but that's the year it was on. If you blinked, you missed it. The Gregory Hines show. Great actor, great dancer. Had a show. Didn't remember that. Don't remember that. Tenacious D on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Life-changing. Life-changing. Uh, didn't exactly <laughs> change my life, but I, had, Did I, me. I have not seen the, the movie yet. Ugh. All right, movies. Speaking of movies, uh, number one movie, take a wild, wild guess. If you knew Titanic came out in that year, that that was the one. Uh-huh. Uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Men in Black, uh, still with us to this day, one form or another. Tomorrow Never Dies, James Bond picture. Uh, as good as it gets with uh, Jack Nicholson, oh, right? One of my right? Um, I just watched it. I'm not lying. Really? Yesterday. Yeah, it's a that's a, that's kind of. It a, came on cable. I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> it came on cable. That's what it did, you know. And uh, some stuff. The one I didn't see, Liar Liar. Uh, it's so funny. My best friend's wedding. Mm, I love it. Not bad. Uh, so Fifth cute. Element was okay. Now, uh, not all the notable ones made the top list, though. So we're giving you pearls here. Okay, we're giving you pearls. Gross Point Blank, okay, with oh, yeah. uh, John John Cusack. Very good. You're a fucking psycho. You're a fucking psycho. <laughs> Mini Driver, John Cusack, this is not to be missed. Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, never saw that never one. Never saw yeah, it. Yeah, John Pe- Joe Pesci. Heard uh, it was good. Yeah, I heard it was good. Con Air, also known as Put the Bunny Back in the Box, uh, <laughs> with a killer cast of uh, batshit Nick Cage. He's actually kind of sane in this one. Uh, John Malkovich, John Cusack again. Ving Rhames, Steve Buscemi, classic stuff. Batman and Robin. Now you can dismiss the whole that half of the series all you want, but Uma Thurman and Arnold Schwarzenegger chewing up the scenery like Bugs Bunny chews a fucking carrot. That was hilarious. That movie. Come on. She. What are you wrinkling your I face can't. over here? Batman you, and Robin. Mister Freeze do and Poison Ivy. Oh, they absolutely me. owned it. Uh, Contact. Uh, never saw. Never saw Amazing. it. Amazing. Right. And I love Jodie Foster. I've seen it like. 
20 times. Wow. It's I, so I got to see that. I mean, it's I so really, good. I love Jodie Foster, not in the John Hinckley way, but, you know, pretty close, actually. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Not, not that far off, you know. <laughs> Conspiracy theory, uh, Mel Gibson doing what Mel Gibson does best, be insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Life Austin, imitating art. Right. And Austin Powers, international man of so mystery. Fun. Yeah, so baby. Fun. Yeah. All right. In music, uh, of interest to my fellow dinosaurs, a number of albums were released by classic rock acts that have been around since the 60s and 70s. They're still out there, and they're going to outlive us all. Bob Dylan, Time Out of Mind, Aerosmith, Nine Lives, as we were saying, Rolling Stones, Bridges to Babylon, Paul McCartney, Flaming Pie, Cheap Tricks, second self-titled album. Who the hell puts that two albums with the same name? I don't know. Not sure. But uh, Kiss, Carnival of Souls, Kiss's grunge album. This is where they did the record that Alice in Chains wishes they could oh, make. please. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, if I told you oh, what I just ordered God. regarding Kiss, I swear, you would you would go full Mission Impossible. You would be like the secretary and just disavow any knowledge of me. <laughs> so yeah, I won't I'm tell kinda, you. I'm kind of feeling like that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you. You'll disavow me. Yeah. Anyway, and the, the album of the year for me, the one that single-handedly validates the recorded medium... The one ring to rule them all. You know it, Christina. Say his name. You know it. Say his name. In a Metal Mood by Pat Boone. That's right. That was the year that Immortal uh, release was put out. Hmm. James Brown. Immortal? I'm not sure if that's the word I'd use, (laughs) but okay. James Brown got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, as did David Bowie. Madonna won Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy for her part in Evita at the Golden Globes. Suck it, haters. I thought she was really good in that movie. She was really good in it, but there's just something funny about saying Madonna and Best Actress. Right? I just can't even. It is surprising, but damn it, if she wasn't good in that. She uh, did a great job. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't great in everything she ever did, but no. somehow somehow, she got that one all right. No, you know? she was not. Right. The Reunited Monkeys performed two sold-out concerts at Wembley Arena hey, in hey. the UK. The Reunited Fleetwood Mac began a tour in the United States. The first proper OzFest kicked off. Remember that? Still with us. Mm. Backstreet Boys burst onto the music scene with the uh, release of their debut. Yeah, I'm uh, not dying over that. I'm not a boy band person. Michael Jackson ends the world, the history world tour. I uh, wish I would have seen that. Right, which includes an attendance record of four and a half million fans. Which, Christina, I'm sorry, was not one of. No. Uh, Black Sabbath did a pair of reunions. Apparently, it was the the year of the reunion also. They did a reunion. Will Smith releases his debut solo album. Time to recognize here. Big Willie style. And uh, another tragedy, unfortunately. In Excess lead singer Michael Hutchins. Oh, I can't talk about it. Terrible. I will can't not dwell on that. But, uh, but how sad will the year's top hits be? Let's find out together. 1997 top hits. Well, of course, with the Princess Diana uh, tragedy. Uh, Elton John, Candle in the Wind, Candle 97. The wind. Right? Yep. And Jewel. I kind of like Jewel. You were meant for me. And I was meant for you. you. No egg for that one. Yeah, I like that song, though, right? I and did it in karaoke hundreds of times. There you go. Good, good. We're on the same page on that one. Now, you're probably... I'm going to guess you're going to like this next piece of crap that I can't stand. Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. No. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh-uh. All right. Leanne Rhymes with the cover. How do I live without you? I want to know. Not bad, not bad. I liked it. Yeah. Oh, and... 1997 was the year of the Spice Girls. They had two albums and the greatest movie ever made, which... Oh, my God. It you, is... You, you got to stop. People are going to believe that you think that's the greatest movie ever made, and it's it not. It isn't, but it is, it is 90 minutes or so of absolute riotous fun. I mean, I mean you'll, you'll laugh yourself silly watching this terrific thing. Uh, and, of course, one of the hits was... 
Yo, I'll tell you what you I want, what I really, really want. So tell, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. want. I'll tell you what I want. I want to really, really, really want a zig zig ah. You got to get the zig zig ah. I mean, you have to. And I'm sorry, haters going to hate Hanson. Saw them twice in concert. They totally kick ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I had to finish. This that. is going to be your kind of song, I'm sure. Not not because you're one. I'm saying this is the kind of song you know. Hmm. Uh, I don't be know careful. all the words to it. Uh, Meredith Brooks. I'm, I'm a, a bitch. I'm a. Wait. I'm a bitch. I'm a. <laughs> what else lover. is she? We don't. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I do not fear the shame. Yeah, something like that. Uh, oh, no, those are the lyrics, because I sing that shit in karaoke, there too. There you go. But it was funny. We're like, I'm a bitch. I'm a... What else are I'm you? A mother. <laughs> Draw a blank a, about something. What the hell? And here's another... There are many of these examples in the 90s of bands with really lame names that have songs that I, I, I want to hate, but I can't help it. They're so good. Like uh, Third Eye Blind, uh, Semi-Charmed Life. No? We don't think we could have covered that too. I know it, but I fucking hate that song. Really? I kind of like that one. Oh, God. I want something else to get me through this. I won't even sing it. <laughs> it's that lame. And there are ones that I don't know, a lot of them that I don't know. Uh, Black Street, No Diggity. I, I do know it, <gasps> I and like I don't know. the way know. you work it, No Diggity. See? I no. like to bag it up. No oh, Diggity's all so the part good. I can remember. Black Street. Oh, oh my goodness. Hey yo, uh, hey yo, hey yo, hey man. yo. Oh. There's a lot of this stuff I don't know. What else? Hit me. All right, okay. Um Boys to Men, Four Seasons of Loneliness. No. Yep. Uh Mariah Carey, Honey. Oh, I like the just like honey. Really? How did I miss that one? Cute and song. and Whitney, how did I miss Whitney Houston? And here they are, I swear, side by side. The controversial Mariah Carey Whitney Houston that I could never tell apart. Which, That's ridiculous. according to everybody, I'm the only one. You're the only one in the whole wide world. <laughs> I believe in you and me. I don't know that one, uh, Whitney Houston. I believe in you and me. Really? It's so pretty. It doesn't sound like anything I've oh, heard. Oh, it's so pretty. I don't know where I was. I heard some of these. Uh, I must have been let out of my cage occasionally. But um, a lot of them. Uh, Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me now. Nah, that's that's nah, not a single I'll one. over it. Yeah, that's nothing big. Uh, oh, and Cheryl Crow. If it makes you... Oh, I won't even try it. It makes you happy. Cheryl Crow singing way, way, way outside of her range. Uh, I, uh, Cheryl Crow, I am out. I mean, I'm straight up out. It doesn't matter what she it sings. It depends on what she tries to sing. No, this one, she's clearly... Bellowing like a crazed she moose. Just but, she uh, definitely is <laughs> on that one. But I'm out on all her music. I don't like her. I don't get it. And uh, another. This is the ultimate band with the "You've got to be kidding me" name. I mean, I, I can't imagine that any group of people got together and agreed to call themselves Chumbawamba. I'm sorry. I get knocked down, mm. but I, I get, get up, up again. again. You're never, never gonna, gonna keep me down. down. Oh. I get- I, and and the idiotic song title "Tub Thumping." Pissing the night away. But I actually kind of like that one. It's weird. I heard it the other day and I was like, "Oh shit, that's pretty good." Because yeah, you I, haven't I, heard it in twenty five years, so that's going to be good. It's got to be. That's uh, that's what it has to be. And Madonna, of course, don't cry for me, Argentina. Another artist that goes way back and is still with us. Uh, the longevity is incredible. Madonna had a big year, and the girls uh, keep coming back and going away and coming back, and uh, we're hoping for a tour. Uh, it's kind of on my bucket list, Spice Girls concert, but that's just me. We uh, is a we as in you and other yeah, people. Not, yeah, I'm good. We who who are of that mind. I'm yeah. okay. All right. So anyway, history's back 1997. Very fun. History Strikes Back's always a toe-tapper and a finger-snapper. All right, so for another one of those songs that was submitted but was not on theme at the time, 
It is somebody that I know personally. This is Damon Valley, a very talented guy who is definitely a lover of all things Chris Cornell, which I uh, totally get. And this is his song called Love Struck. He lives in Los Angeles. That's where he plays and works. He's alt-rock, rock, cinematic pop. The line, Love Struck, A Dagger in the Dark, is all you need to hear to know this is a song about love either unrequited or refused. And in this song, he has been denied. The vocals start soft and pleading and grow pained and insistent. He wails his desire for his object's return. The twist is he wants a return so he can let it all go. This is Love Struck. Save my life and with this bitter sky. 
All right, that was Damon Valley. You can find him at the Damon Valley on Facebook. And that's D-A-M-O-N-V-A-L-L-E-Y. Ooh, now it's time for a very special feature, a feature that I enjoy, a feature that is very fun, and it is one-hit warblers. And for this feature, we discuss a one-hit wonder that rocked either our world or the music world, or sometimes both. Now, you may be thinking, what artist and what song did I choose? Well, because I'm the kind of girl who likes to capitalize on things I've already used in the show... I'm going to talk about Tony Basil and the song Mickey. This is a one-hit wonder or one-hit warbler for her. She's best known as a choreographer, obviously, and she's worked with the likes of David Byrne, David Bowie, Tina Turner, and more. And her choreography can be seen in American Graffiti, The Rose, Peggy Sue Got Married, That Thing You Do, My Best Friend's Wedding, Legally Blonde, Charlie Wilson's War, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She actually worked on Quentin Tarantino's movie at the age of 75. So she is kicking ass. She's 77 now. Her musical career began in 1966. And in 1982, she released Mickey as part of her word of mouth album. Now, this song wasn't originally done by Tony Basil. And she wasn't the first to record the song. It was originally Kitty. And it was recorded by the UK music group Racy in 1979, and it appeared on their album Smash and Grab. I never knew that. I didn't either. This song and its video were on constant rotation on MTV, I can tell oh, you that, yeah, and yeah. pop radio. I made up so many dances to this song, as did every other girl that loved dancing or was a cheerleader. It was a mainstay at Skate World, where I spent every Saturday from 1 to 3, <laughs> and it was something we enjoyed singing a cappella. Our claps were the only instrument we needed. Oh, I want video of that. So it's no surprise that it hit the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number 3 on U.S. Dance Club Songs Billboard, and it also hit number 1 in Australia and Canada. It is a song that will never die. It's infectious. It just never stops. Every time I hear it, I listen to the whole thing. There is no way you can get me to stop. And it made me want to be a cheerleader. I'm telling you straight up, that's what it made me want to do. Because she was the cutest cheerleader. that She did that video. She was like 38. And you could tell she was older, but she rocked the shit out of it. Yeah. yeah it was you, so it's cute. It's a great video. Well, at that time, just kind of like you're saying now, everybody was really young, right? That was in the music scene. Everyone that was coming out was so young. And you looked at her and you're like, you're not a baby. Yeah. And she just rocked it. Too bad she didn't have any more hits, but that was that hit is enough. I mean, to have a hit as big as Mickey like that and to mm-hmm. take someone else's song and make it so it's a male, you know, male focused, just brilliant. And the video was brilliant. The whole concept, the way it sounds. It's a timeless song. It really is, and it's irresistible. I mean, you have to have a scary heart of darkness to not love this song, uh, I think, anyway. Yeah, uh, even if you don't like this kind of music, you go, oh, oh but that one. Oh, I mean, yeah. Come on. Come on, you know. But that one. Lighten up, Francis. I mean, it is a, it is, it is. a fun, it's just a delightful song. And the video is really cute. It's uh, so cute. Uh, if you never saw it, you'd still have to love the song. Oh. But, uh, yeah, she was great. Uh, she could have Absolutely. There's a, a little, like, little parallels, not the same. But little parallels between her and Paula Abdul. Neither can really sing. Choreographers. And they're choreographers yeah. that kind of went into music. Now, Paula had more of a a, lo- a mainstay, you know, and, and a longer term stay in the yeah. music scene. But Tony was doing it from, you know, 1966 to probably 1980 something. Um, but I see some parallels. Which is not the there. case with Paula. Yeah. No. Yeah. Paula, until she did that Jackson's video, they would. They, 
basically two choreographers that are cute. They go, hey, let's let's have them a record. Let's put a record out, you know. Right. And Paula, when she was with the Jacksons for some time, and then it was like, okay, let's put a record out. And she was a success. But basically, it was a Tony was Basil situation. Was, yeah, it was because they're both adorable. Yeah. And they both can dance. Although Tony Basil, I would say, was a better singer. For sure. I mean, but, uh, I don't think either of them are great singers, but... I mean, Paula definitely is not a singer. No. Um, but Tony, I mean, the one song she did, I mean, you can't really say she's got a great voice. She sang, we did how to do one song, and it's like a, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine. And who can't sing that? Come on. Yeah. You know, hey, Mickey. It's a great song. It doesn't need to have great vocals. Although I will say that all the other Paula songs do need to have great vocals, but they didn't. But it's okay. It was that time, and apparently it didn't fucking matter. So she, uh, I think it's interesting, the little parallels, and they're both wildly successful. And, um, I mean, I can't tell you all the different uh, movies and everything that Paula choreographed, but it's pretty impressive to see what Tony did. And I know I said it really fast because I don't need to belabor the point, but so that is a little bit about my one-hit warbler for this week, Tony Basil's Mickey. All right, next up a song by Pensacola, and they're not from Florida. They're from the UK. They're from Leeds, and they count themselves as Leeds' finest alt-rock dream pop trio. I like that designation, dream pop trio. That's right, there's only three of these gentlemen. And to me, this song has a a simple beat, but it's made really artful by some very crafty hi-hat work, and that makes it special. That makes it really intricate. And the bass is just superb. The bass is exactly pitch perfect for what each part of the song needs. And honestly, you put them all together, and to me, they remind me very strongly of you, uh, you too, and that is not a bad thing at all. This is a song that cries out in Bono-esque fashion uh, to someone who the narrator says wants it all, but he knows that he is not enough. And this is Pensacola.
I Pensacola, not enough. There's a definite uh, sense of inadequacy in some of these songs, and it's kind of sad, as you pointed out. But uh, sometimes, you know, when every little bit of hope is gone and you're fresh out of Sasson's jeans, then sad songs say so much. They but, do, uh, don't they? I mean, if you got the jeans, go for those first. I mean, I, but if you're fresh out, being sad. Yeah, I mean, uh, beats being sad. But if not, then okay, go with the sad song. <laughs> and you can find them at pensacola.bandcamp.com. And now I think that brings us to a feature we like to call Nice to Tweet You. This feature, we highlight how band members met. Uh, how old were they? Where were they? What were they doing? Uh, was it a chance meeting, or did the rock gods intervene? And in this case, a personal favorite of mine is going to be looked at, and that would be The Doors. Yes, how did The Doors Whoa. meet? Interesting that I did that as a an intro. Hmm. Yes, it is, and it's co- it was hmm. complete. Yeah, I, I had no you, way of knowing. Obviously, yeah, you didn't yeah. know, and I didn't know you were doing them. So that's cool. No, no, uh, that was uh, totally, uh, totally random. But uh, is it random, or are we just like we're connected? Just tuned in. Yeah, we're just, we're just tuned in. I think too tuned in, too so connected. It's crazy. Well, the Doors is one of those bands that everybody knows what state they're from, what part of the world they're from. I mean, this is California. This is a Los Angeles band. When we in California, we own the Doors. Okay, we 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 loan you them to the rest of the world, but the Doors is a California band. Everybody knows that, just like the Beach Boys. Sorry, they're ours. I say ours as if I lived here my whole life, but they're ours. But what about the name? Where did that fascinating name come from? Well, it was Jim Morrison's idea. It was inspired by a quote from William Blake: "If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear as it is, infinite." Yeah, I find myself saying that all the time. Uh, <laughs> don't you? I mean, isn't that like so Every day. so self-evident, you know? Uh, as Jim himself was fond of saying, there are things known and things unknown, and in between are the doors. That's the one we usually think of. But uh, where were they formed? Well, 1965, Los Angeles, California. Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek had known each other at UCLA, where they majored in film. That's right. They were film students. Uh, in uh, the summer of 65, Manzarek was on the beach in Venice when Morrison came walking towards him. Jim sat down, and the two of them started talking about what they had been doing during the summer. Jim said he had been writing some songs, and Ray asked him to sing one of them. Jim sang a few lines from Moonlight Drive. Yeah. Ray Manzarek was very impressed with the lyrics and suggested the two of them form a rock band, and Morrison said that was his idea all along. And... (laughs) We'll never know about that one. The very first lineup of the band consisted of Morrison and Ray Manzarek, along with, and I did not know this, as big a fan as I am, Manzarek's two brothers, Rick and Jim. Never even heard of these guys before. There was no bass player or regular drummer. They just hired whomever they could whenever they landed a gig. Then Ray met John Densmore, one of the unsung heroes of drums in my mind, at the Third Street Meditation Center in Los Angeles. They were both disciples of the Maharishi Maheshi Yogi. There's a lot of that going on back then. And uh, who opened a center in 1965. And Ray invited John to join the group and be their regular drummer. And then they were three. And in late 65, Rick and Jim Manzarek quit the band as they seemed to be on the fast road to nowhere. That's, every band seems to be on that, actually. They'd shopped a demo tape around with, with little interest until Billy James at Columbia signed them a deal. Uh, once signed, however, Columbia did not show much interest in actually developing the band. On top of this, they now had to replace Rick Manzarek, who had been their guitar player. Ray remembered another guy at the meditation center who was a guitar player. He was a friend of John Densmore named Robbie Krieger. And when he went into audition for The Doors, he fit right in. Like the last piece of the puzzle, the band was now complete. Ray Manzarek, John Densmore, Robbie Krieger, and Jim Morrison were now The Doors. So basically how they got together was 
film school and a meditation center. It isn't as if they were running around sticking up ads, as we so often find. Uh, this was sort of more of a chance meeting thing, and a good thing, because they turned out to be, I think, one of the most incredible, fascinating, and original bands of all time, and a personal favorite of mine. So that's mm. how the Doors were uh, tweeted each other. Nice to tweet each other. Yeah, they the, How they twit. I really love that one, so that you can find out how people met. I think that's so fascinating, what brings them together. So thank you. That was very interesting. And now, and now, the oh. new theme. Okay. Now we're going to solicit some submissions from you by giving you our new theme. And, you know, we're very accommodating here, and uh, we stretch sometimes to make it fit. But this time, we're throwing the floodgates wide open with another Freebird. Remember those? Freebird Alternative Rock. If that's if all rock is your genre, we want you to submit. Uh, alternative rock is defined as a musical style that incorporates distinctly different styles and cultural norms in terms of sound. Popular examples include R.E.M., Red Hot Chili Peppers, Smashing Pumpkins, Kings of Leon, I actually know nothing about some of these, uh, Green Day, Hooray for the Foo Fighters, U2, uh, The Killers, Muse, Coldplay, yes, Coldplay, uh, and more. And, you know... With the free bird, we really do hope to get some submissions from you because we're we're willing to help. We really are. Uh, in times past, we could have pitched an idea at you like, all right, and the next theme is Warhawks, and somebody would send in a song like I Love My Teddy Bear, and we'd be okay. Uh, well, uh, Teddy Bear is named after President Theodore Roosevelt, and uh, he, he fought in some wars, so uh, there you go. There's your tie. I mean, we, we don't want to have to work that hard for it anymore, so we're going to leave it wide open to you. All right, free bird, alt-rock. We're, we're open to this, but it has to fit the genre. Don't be sending anything that sounds like this. <laughs> it's, it's absolute horror. Somebody stitched together an hour-long mix of that on YouTube, and somebody wrote and said, thank you for doing this. And I'm thinking, now, who would thank somebody for an hour of Post Malone doing that one song? And the only thing I could come up with was... Uh, the dictator of some totalitarian regime uh, was be thanking them for giving them a tool by which they could torture confessions out of dissidents without putting marks on them. That's all I, that's all I got out of that. Is, uh, but anyway, so we will uh, accept within reason your alt-rock themes, uh, submissions, and uh, so uh, send them to us at bofonair at gmail.com. B-O-A-F on air at gmail.com. Now let me peek here and see but if... But please also do MP3s. We need your MP3s. It's so funny when you guys send me messages and you say, hey, yeah, I want you to play this. Okay, and you just send me the MP3 and then you don't? I'm not going to go get it. <laughs> you got to send it to me. Yes. And please mark your track, please, with both the band name and the name of the song. Yes. Remember the tale from earlier with the, the, the no-name band. Next to you. Next to you, the no-name band. Yes. Uh, don't be like them. Label your submissions properly and send them into us, and we'll be more than happy to give them a uh, fair heron. Uh, we will make no thrush to judgment. We will give them every due consideration. So. Very nice. We will. We are those kind. We are those people. And uh, tradition and custom, which we're all about here, would hold that it's time for you to say something, Pumpkin. So, yes, parting is such sweet sorrow. Sniff, sniff, tears, wiping tears, and potentially copious nasal secretions could happen. We're I'm going to go ahead and uh, hold that in as I tell you that we are about to say goodbye to you for this week, but we're not going to let you go before giving you something to do. So your homework for this week is Billie Eilish. Are you in or are you out? Are you hell yes or hell no? 
Now, I know that we are deviating from our usual 70s, you know, kind of. Uh, I think we kind of stuck in that genre for a while, but now we're really trying to branch out. Billie Eilish is very new. We want to know what you think of her. Are you in or are you out? Have you given her a shot? Have you given her a fair shake or have you just dismissed her? She just won a, b- a bazillion Grammys. She's Which is a blonde the- now. So, I mean, you know, there are there are there's definitely hope for her. She's young. She is kind of an up and coming. I mean, she's really broken through, but she's still got a lot more to do. So where do you stand on Billy? And in this day and age, to be honest, winning an armload of Grammys is uh, almost a guarantee that you should ignore that that act because usually the more they win, the worse they are. This is the truth. I'm sorry. Not in this case. Not in this case. No. And do keep it. Don't be like me. Don't be a curmudgeon. Do keep an open mind. I understand there's a tendency with a young artist like this with green hair and a mopey face to be dismissed by anybody who's over 25, honestly. But, uh, you know, I'm keeping an open mind. And if I can keep an open mind, then uh, you should, too. Give Billie Eilish a chance if you're not familiar with her and get back to us with your opinions. Good news is she's now blonde, so you don't have to worry about the big green hair. And uh, there's one, she's there's starting one to dress away. a little, starting to dress a little bit more for her body, which she gets shit for, uh, because now she's showing that she has a figure. So now people are attacking her for that. So she can do no right. Gee, that's so, not that's nothing to attack someone for. Well, yeah, they do though. They do. So I'm just saying. So whether she's mopey and covers her body and has green hair, or she's blonde and doesn't cover her body, she can't win for anybody. Right? So, it's like you're emo uh, and pouty, and you're not supposed to be sexy or anything. You know. So. I, so tell us what you think. I mean, is she getting a fair shake? She won a bunch of Grammys. Is she talented? Should she have won those Grammys? You'll let us know what you think. But uh, we like to give everyone a fair shake here, so we'll put it out there, see what you say, and maybe you're in or out. We don't know. But uh, you'll see that coming through, so please let us know. I like your comments. So instead of just hearting it or liking it, let me know what you think. If you don't like her, let me know you don't like her. If you love her, let me know why. All right, and I think that uh, i got to turn it over to you for this uh, very important end piece. Yes, and it's always important to wrap this puppy up in a neat little blanket as we do the next Winging It airs May 1st, and the New Birds of a Feather airs May 8th. And uh, where, what are the platforms you can hear the new What the Flock radios, Birds of a Feather and Winging It? Well, they are many, let me say. They are legion. They include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, slash Audible. Didn't know that one. Uh, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Podbean. The website is boafonair.podbean.com. Podcast Addict. Ooh. Uh, Player FM, Listen Notes, Pocket Casts, TuneIn, Overcast, Castro, CastBox, <laughs> Charitable, uh, Spreaker. Uh, charitable, not Charitable. Well, oh, Charitable. So oh, fuck, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I said Charitable. When I read it, I saw Charitable, charitable. Like six times. It's, like, it's like you feel sorry and for us. Like, Listen to us. It's a charitable thing I to do. I remember I was like, Charitable, okay. and it didn't come up. Honestly, I think uh, people are being charitable listening to us, and we're not that charitable either. Oh, yes, we are. I did not just say that. And of course, still nested. We want your charity. Still, ne- <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> no, I don't. We want your sympathy. We want your charity. We want no. anything. Hey, remember, I'm a suggestionist. When you hear the theme, all you got to do is tune and hear the theme, and uh, rapturous joy awaits you. <laughs> also, we're uh, still nested at Fusion Music Radio on Spreaker and Geo Savan, and uh, you knew that, or you know that now, and that. Uh, Really brings us like to the end of the track, and that only leaves for you to say. The end of the track. Did I say? <laughs> yeah, the end of the track. Whatever. 
<laughs> this is the end of the road, folks. The end of the road. The end of, it sounds like one of those, it's one of those all R&B, boys to men <laughs> yeah. or some shit. And in addition to that, subscribe to our show and listen to current and previous shows. They're all there at www.toyboat.com. Abu Dhabi. Toyboat.com. At www.boafonair, bofonair.podbean.com. That's what we're talking about. Uh, and there you can also learn a little bit more about our show. It's actually a website that also contains our show episodes, everything from the very first show to now. But you can learn about what the fuck is this show about? Why are you doing this show? You can link there to Facebook. You can link there to our Instagram account. You can link there to our RSS feed so you can follow us and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're making it pretty easy. It's one-stop shopping, there's everything a, you need for birds. There's a keyword. That was very well handled, but there's a keyword you left out. Share. Sharing is caring. Please share. It's nice to share. Tell everybody. Yeah, do that, please. Do it. So having concluded with... The beautiful transcendent word share. Yes. That only leaves for you to say. Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.